fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, it is. Welcome into the program. Boy, what a day it has been for the first day of the week. Are you exhausted yet? <laughs> and we have a lot to talk about. Welcome into the show. This is The Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. However you watch or listen to the program, we love you to death. Appreciate you very, much, very, very much. Your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day, although I am not at full capacity today. It finally hit me, man. After weeks of fighting it, after weeks of trying to prepare myself, after weeks of making sure I don't get this garbage, it finally hit me. The cold has officially sunk it in, man, and it is brutal. Brutal. Half the team at the radio station was out over the last couple weeks. Uh, All the meetings that I've gone to, everybody's been sick. Mrs. Voice of Reason's been down and out with it. Little Voice of Reason's been down and out with it for weeks. And then right as they start to increase, then I hit it. And it's been brutal. So we will power through. Don't you worry. Welcome in. Bottom of the hour, we have Andrew Handel on the program. He is the, uh, let me bring it up here. He was the director for education and workforce development at ALEC, the American Legislative Exchange Council. We've had them on before. Great organization as they promote conservative values at legislative, local, statewide legislative issues across the country. We'll talk with Andrew coming up at the bottom of the hour. He's going to talk about a bill coming out of Iowa regarding school freedom, school choice, as we are coming out of the last couple weeks being school choice awareness and school choice week and trying to fight to bring fairness and equality and opportunity into our public education system. Where are we at in Iowa? Where are we at in Florida? Obviously, with Ron DeSantis going after the teachers' unions, a very, very uh, good but very risky thing to do because of how much power the teachers unions actually have so we'll get to that here and just a little bit tomorrow i don't know if you're aware or not or well hopefully you have your drinking game in place but tomorrow is the official state of the union oh yes and we'll talk about what we could anticipate from joe biden once he gets hyped up on his steroids uh tomorrow for that one but over the weekend we have a lot to recap over the weekend as well so let's jump into those issues as well shall we first and foremost trending today i have to complain for just a moment i have to do my session for the weekend recap obviously outside of getting hit with this cold which is driving me nuts because i hate being sick i never have time to get sick but yet it's hitting me viciously Uh, outside of that uh was a little frustrated this weekend gotta be honest so friday i get out of work and i head home mrs voice reason hey can you stop at the grocery store pick up a few things sure why not stop do it which is great i get back into my vehicle doesn't start come on man doesn't start now here's the kicker It had just gotten out of the shop literally the day before. I picked it up from the shop on Thursday evening. Friday, it doesn't start. That's what bugs me, I think, the most, was when you get it out of the shop and it's still broken for a different reason, but it's still broken. Come to find out, I think it's the starter, as the battery was replaced just a couple of months ago. I heard it crank about twice and then nothing. Trying uh, Trying to jump it, nothing. The biggest kicker was the auto shop was literally right across the street from the Grocery store. So AAA comes out, feels bad even having to tow it because it's literally 500 yards away. They tow it over there, drop it off. The auto shop's not open till Monday. 
Cool. All right. Guess we'll drive the other vehicle. I drive the other vehicle today, call the auto shop and say, hey, you've never worked with me before, but here you go. Hopefully you can deal with this. I think it's the starter. Hopefully it's an easy fix. They say, that's great. Cool. We saw the vehicle. We're going to take a look at it. Haven't had a chance to look at it too in-depthly, but we did look under the hood this morning. And oh, by the way, your catalytic converter has been stolen. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Now, apparently in the city of Wichita, where I hail from with my flagship radio station, there's been a massive run for a good year or so on people trying to steal catalytic converters. And it's been in the news quite a bit, largely, though, due to, like, bigger trucks on those. I don't know why they stole it out of my little bitty beat-up 1996 or 97 car that I have. Yes, it is my hoopty is, you know, you do the whole, you know, trying to pay off stuff and, you know, have a paid off vehicle. And, but over the last six months, man, I put more money into this car than I think that car is actually worth. And I'm starting to question on whether I need to continue to do so for the paid off vehicle or whether I just bite the bullet and get a different vehicle. I haven't decided yet. The catalytic converter is a little bit pricey, which, I mean, you do what you got to do. But at the same time, man, you start questioning, is it really worth it? Or do you get something a little bit more reliable? So that put me in a bad mood this morning, and then, of course, this head cold thing is not letting me think properly and think straight. So that was my weekend. Not that it was bad. Don't mean to complain on here, but just had to get that off my chest a little bit because I can do that for you, and I appreciate you allowing me to release that tension. Now I feel much better. We can go into our zen mode. And we can start moving forward. So, coming up on the program today, again, Alex Handel, or Andrew Handel. This weekend, though, outside of that, did I not tell you to not watch... The Grammys over the weekend yesterday. Then I say, don't worry about it. I said on Friday, we're not going to watch it. I have no interest in watching it. All of the music on there is absolute garbage. I, and this is, I'm trying really, really hard not to be like the old get off my lawn kind of guy. Oh, music today sucks. Uh, because there's some really good music out there, but none of it gets the awards. I've realized that all of the music that I enjoy is definitely on the lowdown, is definitely uh, a little bit, quote, I guess, quote unquote, underground. Uh, because I like the very hard, edgy, double bass, growling, screaming, can't understand where they're screaming, uh, singing. I enjoy that. And obviously, even in the rock and metal albums, that is not what's being nominated for Grammys in the country. The hardest rock album, which I guess was the best one for what was nominated, was Ozzy Osbourne getting the rock album of the year. So that's cool. And I, I do enjoy Ozzy, probably more so the older stuff. He can't talk. I don't know how he can still sing, but man, he rocks it and he does it and he and he does a good job. His new album's a little bit more poppy than what I would enjoy, but nonetheless, there you go. Ozzy, that's about the only thing that I actually care about. Apparently, Beyonce broke the record for the amount of Grammys. No one cares because I don't even know a single Beyonce song in any way, shape, or form. But then, of course, you had the major controversy that happened on the Grammys over the weekend. And I'm sure even if you didn't watch the Grammys, you've heard about this already. And I'm curious on what your thoughts are with this. Was it as bad as they say? Now, I did watch a portion of the performance online today after hearing about it of the satanic ceremony that happened at the Grammys. Now, I say that I say that with some reservation, although a little bit. Here's my explanation. I very very rarely like to jump on board of like that's the devil just because it's a lot of times people throw that out there. Kind of like how the left side of the aisle throws out uh, Republicans are Nazis or Republicans are racist just because we have a certain ideology. There are many religious individuals that if something goes along with what they don't like, then they very loosely throw out the term it's satanic or it's of the devil. 
And I don't like to use those terms because I'm like, eh, you know, sometimes it's not. A lot of times it's just a different culture. It's a different tradition. It's a different whatever. But I have a hard time not saying that with the ceremony that, or the performance that happened during the Grammys where the guy's wearing the red devilish hat. They're all dancing very erotically as he sings a song called Unholy with a trans individual in a cage singing, which I guess they were supposed to be singing and parading the LGBTQ community and the trans individual. But you would think just by the PR of it, you wouldn't lock the transgender individual into a cage. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I didn't get the whole metaphor of what they were trying to go for, but I don't think you would want to lock in the transgender individual in a cage with a bunch of very provocatively dressed women around the cage uh, using whips dressed in red devilish outsuits as well, singing a song unholy. Now, it may be a popular song. I don't know. I don't listen to that type of music. I think anything that has an electronic beat is absolutely garbage, which is why I don't fit into the new age of 2023. (laughs) Because if you're using an electronic beat, then that means that you have no talent to do it yourself, and you have to rely on the computers to do it for you. That is my humble opinion. Get into metal and see how intricate that stuff is, while people are, oh, that's just screaming, Andy. It's not actual music. It's just noise. See how intricate it is. There are Proven studies that show that heavy metal and death metal music are equivalent in the brain waves and the intricacies on how it actually hits your ears and how it actually makes you think it's comparable to classical music. I guarantee you can look up the studies. This garbage, though, is the same repetitive beat and people that try to pretend like they sing really, really good. I don't know this song. I've never heard it in my entire life. I have no interest in listening to it. But even if... It's a popular song. Why would you sing that and get as provocatively dressed like that on a national broadcast of the Grammys? Not that I don't know what the ratings are and how many people actually tuned into it, but it really makes you think. And then, of course, there's the experts out there that are like, oh, this is, of course, a satanic ritual. And and, here's the crazy part about it is that according to Fox News, CBS, who hosted the Grammys over the weekend, they made a very interesting tweet. So Sam Smith, who's the the performer in this, Sam Smith and the transgender individual, which I cannot think of his name, Kim Petras, who's a guy who wants to be a female. Kim Petras is the transgender individual. Those two performed it. And before the broadcast, as they were getting prepared for it, Sam, the main performer here, posted out some pictures of them practicing behind stage and said, this is going to be special. The weird part where it gets a little funky is that CBS, the actual broadcasting TV network that was broadcasting the Grammys, retweeted his tweet and said, you can say that again. We are ready to worship. Now, for those of a semi-religious stent in any way, shape, or form that sees a performance wearing devil hats and red and very interesting metaphors very interesting symbolism during this broadcast that's concerned about some type of religious connotation of satanism or worshiping the devil or whatever that people may believe this is for cbs to retweet it and said we are ready to worship that's a little weird man that's just a little weird 
Which is why I reiterate, I have no interest in watching the Grammys and the fact that we're even talking about it burns me up right now because uh, I didn't want to watch it. I didn't want to know about it for a reason. But when things like this happen, it really makes you question on what the media is trying to push to you when it comes to uh, Hollywood and performers and the uh, just media in general with national networks promoting that type of garbage. On the other front, of course, we had the balloon that floated over the United States from China, right? China. Now, the military applauded themselves and patted themselves on the back for shooting it down after the mission, while it was in the Atlantic, after it did everything it needed to do flying across the United States, and then we shot it down, and now we're investigating and doing the recovery, trying to figure out what was actually in it, trying to invest. And we were apparently, according to the Daily Mail, the military, as they were doing the cleanup efforts of said balloon, they are concerned about explosives, as they were also looking at some of the spying technology that this balloon actually had. This is, again, why I'm scared, even with the issue with my car and having to get a new car, I don't want one of the new technologically advanced cars to where there are so many computer chips in it that you take it to a Geek Squad guy to fix it, as opposed to an actual mechanic, because there are so many computers that could go wrong with this thing. I, I realize, between the music, between the cars, between the technology, and the spying, and the lack of uh, lack of personal privacy, and the lack of individual freedom that we have, I realize I've been born in the wrong time era. Can I just come out and admit it? I've been born in the wrong time. I don't like the computers. I don't like technology. I don't like the spying. And yet we can't get away from it because now we allow Chinese uh, balloons to float over the country and just watch us and spy on us and look at everything we're doing. Then shoot it down afterwards and pat ourselves on the back and say, no, no, it was actually good for us as well to look at their technology and monitor it while it's monitoring us. It's a win-win situation is what the government and the Democrats and the Biden administration is trying to tell us. Now, it was a good thing we got as much out of it as they did, so it was okay for them spying on us. the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. All right, I got the get off my lawn rant done. (laughs) I had to vent there for just a minute on all the issues. It's a crazy world out there right now. I am getting some comments on the social media and the email regarding the Grammys on how concerned individuals are. Look, I mean, they're going to do the shock jock, and I get artists. They always try to be the shock jock, always try to step it up, gain the attention, get that 15 minutes of the spotlight trying to sell records, trying to be popular. I get it. I know what they're trying to do. And sometimes I think there's a line that you just don't cross. And we've seen a few of these incidences over the last few years. Who was the the rapper that had like the trampling stampede of individuals at his concert? I don't remember his name. Uh, Lil Nas X that also came out with his satanic shoes as well with like the blood infused into the Nikes and he sold 666 of them at 666 ounce. It's a it's a gimmick for them to try and purchase these things, uh, whether they're truly trying to worship the underground guy or not. Uh, that's what they're I mean, it, it's what it's being portrayed as because some people think it's hip and it's cool and it's retro. It's just stupid and I don't care for it, nor do I care for the music anyway. So I wouldn't know about these things unless it actually hits the mainstream media. But uh, yeah, the fact that the, the weird part is the fact that CBS actually came out and tried to play on it as well because they enjoy these which means one of two things either 
they're doing it for the shock jock because there's so many people paying attention and listening that they think they can get a shock factor from this, or they just don't care. They just don't care. They, uh, they're in their own world. They'll, they probably got a couple million individuals to watch the Grammys last night to see what artist won because we all uh, – I couldn't probably name you more than five people on that entire list, and I probably don't even listen to any of their music except for Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> That's probably the the craziest that they go. But so they either are trying to do the shock to get the attention like this, or they just don't care. And they're so big, almost like the too big to fail. They're going to do what they want to, and that's it. But it's a publicity stunt for the theater, for the artists that are trying to be artistic. And uh, the art, apparently we've run out of all other ideas except for the shock jock on how far we can go to stretch that one now regarding the balloon as well as we kind of do the as we continue to do the recovery efforts they were concerned apparently not just about the spying but as they're doing the cleanup they're concerned about explosives along with the photographic material now remember we live in an age today where they were getting the live feed it's not like we could just shoot it down and make sure they don't get the code uh, the uh the uh the kodiak film after they shoot it down and we make sure ah you can't have this china we're going to destroy it before you actually get it they get the stuff in real time. So the fact that we allowed them to go through the entire country before shooting it down really shows that we don't care what information they're getting. While the Democrats and the government try to make this crazy excuse that it's just as beneficial for us to be spying on it while it floats over our country. Somehow that makes sense. And they've used that as the justification. Pete Buttigieg, the secretary for the Department of Transportation, has also come out to say, well, there's going to be repercussions. Don't you worry. Okay. And that's all you can say is, okay. It's the child saying, don't worry, I'm going to handle this. I'm going to clean up this mess. Okay. You do that. You do that. And then once you're done, then we'll pat you on the head and say it was very cute. And then we'll deal with it ourselves. There's also been the reports of during the Trump administration, they were critical of Trump saying we need to shoot it down because, well, it happened under your watch as well, where there was a balloon that went over Texas and went over Florida while the Trump administration was in office. This is a regular occurrence, and it's nothing out of the ordinary, but Republicans are making a big deal of it now because Joe Biden is actually in office. And I'm here to say, as someone who is conservative and as a registered Republican, I don't care what side of the political aisle it happens under. I don't care what quote-unquote information we can gain from watching a balloon fly over our skies monitoring everything we do. I don't care. I don't want it to happen. And as I kind of went on my rant in the last segment with concerns about technology and surveillance and the lack of privacy and personal privacy, I want that back and I don't care who's gaining what from it. If it's in our area, shoot the damn thing down. Don't allow it to happen. I would rather neither of us get information on each other than them watch everything we do and then us be like, well, it's done. Now we'll shoot it down. Aren't you proud of us after they completed their mission? We finished it. Come on, man. Andrew Handel, right around the corner after the, the here on the bottom on the voice of reason. With Andy Hoosier. When reason meets radio, this is the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. It is a Monday, greatest day of the entire week. Trying to start off the week right. That's what we do, baby. Welcome into the program. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the program. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation one 
radio listener at a time on our multiple radio stations all over the place. Covered a lot of ground already. It's kind of a weird weekend as we talk about the Grammys, talk about that Chinese balloon. A lot more going on in Washington, D.C. We'll get to here in just a bit as well. The media trying to come after the Republican Party for using them now for their messaging, which is (laughs) hilarious. They complain that we don't use them. And now they're saying, oh, look at that. Republicans are swarming back to the mainstream media to try and get their message across, which they should, but they should also be using their own platforms as well. We can get into that here in just a bit. Let's get into our What's Trending of the Day, though. What do you say? What's Trending Today? And really excited to have this guy on the program as we talk about just, what was it, last week, two weeks ago, was uh, was the school choice week as we tried to fight back against some of the public education, trying to bring equal opportunity, not equal outcome, but equal opportunity when it comes to our public education system. Different states all over the country are battling this issue. The state of Florida been making some news with Ron DeSantis going after uh, some of the wokeism in public schools. Iowa has presented some interesting bills as well. Here in Kansas, we're trying been a struggle, but we'll talk about some of that here as we go throughout. We're really excited to have this guy on the program, though. He's from ALEC, the American Legislative Exchange Council. He's the Director of Education and Workforce Development Task Force. Excited to have on Andrew Handel. Andrew, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Andy. Yeah, really excited to have you on the program. Such a big issue, and I'm so glad that we're focused on K-12 through education. It's been long in coming because we haven't for years. We've kind of looked at it as a side issue. The teachers' unions have kind of dominated the discussion on schools. We just kind of go with the flow with the local school board saying that we just need more money and we just need more regulations. But now, I think over the last couple of years, and COVID-19 really kicked it into overdrive, we've come to this realization of, oh, wow, What's really going on in my schools, and why don't I have the opportunity to take my kids where the best school opportunities are? And I think many states are starting to wake up to this. What do you think? Yeah, no, they they are. Um, You know, two years ago, West Virginia kind of kicked it off, um, you know, right after COVID. uh, You know, they got this program done called the Hope Scholarship Program. And it's a reimagining of how we fund public education, right? I mean, uh, to your point, Andy, you know, you mentioned for years, we were kind of just going with the flow. You know, the money was going to the public schools. Uh, it's usually a fixed formula, so they know how much they're getting year over year. And there's really no accountability there. You know, it doesn't matter what their test scores are, how much their students are achieving. Um, so in West Virginia, they kind of kicked this off with this universal program, or I should say potentially universal program, um, that simply allows the state education dollars to follow the students. So these dollars are no longer tied to a system. It's simply saying if a parent says a nearby private school is the best place for their child, then we're going to make sure that those dollars uh, follow them there and, uh, you know, really make this happen. And then, you know, last year we had Arizona. And then, as you mentioned, National School Choice Week two weeks ago, we had Iowa and Utah join that list as well. Wow. It is amazing. Uh, I remember this was a few years ago when former Governor Scott Walker from Wisconsin was all about this issue. And it was so bad of him pushing back against the teachers unions and the public school system that they tried to recall him, what, two or three different times, which he was able to overcome the recall uh, elections, but then lost in the general election for the regular election, which was kind of interesting. But uh, it, it really drove home the power, I think, that many in the K through 12 public education system have when they can drive massive recalls to go against politicians that try to offer school choice and fight back against some of the bureaucratic power they have. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, you know, it's it's interesting um, going back to West Virginia. Um, that was the site of the Red for Red movement a few years ago. Um, you know, the teachers unions went on strike and, um, you know, there was a lot of negotiations back and forth. Parents were obviously upset, um, you know, the kids not being able to go to school for a period of time. Um, but it's interesting because after the Red for Red movement and after those teacher strikes, um, there was kind of a, a wave through the legislature. Um, you know, that really got a lot of pro-school choice candidates elected. And that was ultimately what led to the Hope Scholarship Program uh, coming around. So, um, you know, it it is really interesting to see, you know, sometimes unions kind of overplay their hand, I would say. Um, You know, that was a perfect example. Um, You know, the reality is the American public is is with school choice. You know, this is something that just makes sense. And, uh, you know, um, right now we see over 70 percent of Americans support this concept of, uh, you know, the Hope Scholarship Program. Yeah. I, I've had elected officials or ones that are trying to run for office on the program for years, and I've had on a Democrat from the Wichita area here a few years back. He was running for Congress. He was a big-time, very left-wing progressive socialist. He brought in AOC and Bernie Sanders at his rallies. Uh, and I had him on the program to talk about this issue, and he had told me, uh, but he didn't give a reason why, but he said that private schools need to stay private, public schools need to stay public, we don't need some type of school choice where the money follows the children because that's just bad education, but he never explained why. Do you know why they fight against this so much? Is it purely because of the bureaucratic control and where the money goes for them to have the money going into the school districts they want it to, or is it truly about divisiveness? Do they truly think the systems are better this way? What's the opposition to this? Yeah, it's it's hard to tell, Andy. It's uh, you know something like this really should make a lot of sense, but but I think a lot of times opponents will try to kind of muddy the waters a little bit, and they'll try to say that you know this is taking money from public schools and we should be pumping more money into our public schools instead. America, on average, um, looking at the inflation-adjusted numbers, we spend just over fifteen thousand dollars per student per year. And in a lot of states, the education budget is easily their biggest category of of any other spending area. So it's not a spending issue right now. It's it's just about realizing that the public school is not going to be the best school for every single student. Um, you know, you take a hypothetical third grader who suddenly starts getting bullied one year. Um, the school, the public schools, tried everything they can to resolve it, but it hasn't worked. Now the student's falling behind. Why shouldn't the dollars follow that student to another private school where they're going to start achieving more and you know yeah. feel safer? Um, you know, it just uh, it it's, it just makes sense. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, we're talking with Andrew Handel, the director of Education and Workforce Development Task Force at ALEC, the American Legislative Exchange Council, which you can find online at alec.org and check out all the great stuff they're doing. Let's go to the state of Iowa for a second. You mentioned this one of this Bill 68, Students First Act, uh, creating that Universal Education Savings Fund. Uh, We've tried that here in Candace. We haven't been able to get there as of yet, but how would this work? Essentially, uh, you just enroll your student at a certain school, and the state just sends your taxpayer money to that school to say this kid's going to be registered here, and it's all taken care of, or how does this work? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, well, even better, the state would send that money to you. Um, as a parent. Um, so <laughs> the idea behind these education savings accounts is making sure that the money can be used for more than just private school tuition. Um, it can be used for testing fees, school uniforms, um, you know, anything that's on this pre-approved list of education expenses, which typically is pretty expansive. 
um, you can use that money on any of those things. Um, so it's, it's all about putting parents first, putting students first, um, simply making sure that your taxpayer dollars are being used in the manner that you think is best. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wouldn't this create more competition in the market if there's a school where everybody wants to get out of it because the graduation rates aren't high, the test scores aren't high, the teachers don't really care? You know, there's a there's a region and a reason why the parents are upset and they say, you know what, I'm done with it. I'm going to take them to the private school or a charter school or even a magnet school or even just another public school around the area. If that happens, I mean, wouldn't that create the competition for the school to say, well, maybe I should better uh, hire better teachers or maybe we should change the curriculum or do something different to maintain because we want the parents to openly choose to stay here or else we're going to be out of funds and have to close our doors. Right. No, you're, you're exactly right, Andy. It does create competition. And, you know, I, I think it says a lot, you know, when we see a lot of these, you know, public school um, bureaucrats and teachers unions opposing these school choice policies, you know, because, you know, ultimately it, it, it is creating, you know, this competition in the marketplace. And, um, frankly, if they were, um, you know, excelling and doing their jobs really well, then they shouldn't have anything to worry about. Right. Parents won't leave. Um, if it's, if it's a great public school, parents will stay there. Nobody's saying, you know, when we implement these programs that you have to leave and go somewhere else. Um, you know, it's, it's simply about making sure that every student is in the best possible position to succeed. Equal opportunity, not equal outcome, which is what it's all about. We got just a couple of minutes here as we kind of wrap things up. But talk about the state of Florida. Obviously, Ron DeSantis, the governor down there, has made uh, a big deal and and the media is all over this of him going after the teachers, going after the public education system down there. Is it going to work? And could that maybe be the stair step for other states to try and do some implementation to change the way that the public education works as well? Yeah, you know, definitely. I think, um, you know, Florida has been a a national leader in education policy for a number of years, going back to the Jeb Bush days. And, you know, Governor DeSantis certainly, um, you know, is is viewed as a national leader on on this stuff today as well. So, um, you know, Florida actually in the legislature right now, they've got one of those education savings account programs uh, that's being debated. It's supported by the governor, supported by the Speaker of the House. So, um, you know, hopefully the odds are, are good that it'll get across the finish line. But, um, yeah, you know, I think, you know, Governor DeSantis is really forcing people to rethink and reimagine how we go about public education um, and, you know, simply making sure that these controversial, you know, ideas like critical race theory and and other things, um, you know, if the parents don't want them there, then, you know, simply making sure that, uh, you know, those ideas, you know, are going elsewhere. Yeah, maybe we can start seeing some of the policy change. We don't need CRT, and we don't need some of the woke uh, sex talk with our elementary school kids. That's uh, The fact that we've gone to that point shows the level of quality we have, not in all public education, but in many aspects as well. It is Andrew Handel, the American Legislative Exchange Council, or ALEC. You can find him online, ALEC, A-L-E-C dot O-R-G. Find him online. Andrew, we appreciate the time very much, my friend. Happy New Year to you. Let's get you back on again soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Andy. Hey, appreciate it very much. All right, we've got to take a break. We'll come back, recap some of that when we come back here on a Monday. Lots more to get to here on The Voice Reason. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason 
with Andy Hoosier. Boy, oh boy, show moving right along here. Thanks again to Alex Handel coming on the show. Alec, the American Legislative Exchange Council, wonderful organization. We love them to death as they are one of the bigger think tanks in Washington, D.C., helping legislators around the country with certain agendas trying to promote that conservative values. That's what it's all about, baby, and we appreciate them very much. We'll get them on the show again real soon, with especially with school choice, focusing on the ute of America, trying to properly educate them. See? See what I did there? <laughs> My proper education. There it is. All right. As we move through the day today, trying to, I hate this. You try and go to a website and then, of course, oh, you need to register and sign up for this. And it's driving me absolutely nuts. There's so much more that we need to get to. Tomorrow is the President's State of the Union address. What do you expect out of it? Probably not a whole lot. We're going to play our drinking games here on the uh, Voice of Reason as we uh, speculate on what Joe Biden's going to say. He's the guy still out there saying the economy is doing wonderful. And there will be no recession and gas prices are lower than they've ever been before and that they're awesome and that we have the best economy ever and that we've created all these jobs because we've created 10 million jobs. Did you hear? Yeah. The lie after lie after lie, but that's what we get to look forward to coming from that. So I don't know how much uh, attention or focus you'll put into it. Obviously, we'll recap it here on the program on Wednesday as well. But the Republicans need to continue to focusing on their PR on getting the message out more so than just talk radio, although that is a big factor to it, and hopefully more elected officials continue to come on the program because we need them to come on as you, the activist Republican conservative out there. Uh, you want to hear what they had to say, but they need to continue to get to the mass media or the mass general population as well outside of just the activist conservative that listens to talk radio as much as I love you here. We need to get the other ones that don't pay attention. The ones that don't know what's going on because all they hear is one side of it. And while the media may try to twist what we have to say, we have to do our part in actually trying to get that message out there. And Republicans so far, I think, have done a better job of that this session in the first month already than what we have in the past few years. We really did go down this road of they're lying to us. We don't want them anyways. We're not even going to go on their shows to talk. And I get that argument. Totally understand it. I don't want to go on there when they just try to bombard you and berate you anyways either. Totally understand. At the same time, when we can hold our own, remember, we win in the realm of ideas. We win when it comes to philosophy, when it comes to uh, the constitutional talk. We win every time it actually comes to policy. We dominate. There's no question about it. They can try and hype up their socialist agenda all they want to, but as soon as you start talking constitutional powers, then you realize the entire argument goes out the window. So everything they say of what they want to do, they can't. Which is why they've conveniently changed the terminology from constitutional republic to democracy. See how that works? Because in a democracy, then it's the majority rules. And as long as a 51% believe to take away the lollipop from the 49% and they vote on it, then they can do that. The problem with a democracy is that it goes against our constitutional values because the Constitution specifically says what rights individuals have, what rights the state governments have, what right the federal government has. And it gives very specific duties. And if it's not specifically mentioned in the constitutional, what the government can do, it defaults down to the state levels. And the state level constitutions really regulate a lot of what you can do on the daily basis, but then you still have your Bill of Rights on what you as an individual have the right to do. Prime example is the Second Amendment. You have the right to keep and bear arms and it shall not be infringed. Period. End of story. The whole concept, theoretically, in a purist mentality, the entire concept of the, uh, the uh, alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and explosive department is unconstitutional. 
in a theoretical sense because you have the right to keep and bear arms and it shall not be infringed, period, end of story. Therefore, any regulation beyond the right for you to keep and bear arms is unconstitutional. Now, obviously, that's in a purist world. We're not going to get back to that purist world ever again because of how big the government is. But with California coming out, wanting to put more government regulations on firearms and calling it a democracy and saying that, well, 68, 70 percent of the American people want more government control on regulations on guns because we want more gun restrictions as opposed to gun uh, gun rights doesn't matter. 99% of the American population can say that they want more government restriction on firearms. Doesn't matter because that's the difference between a democracy and mob rule and constitutional protections to where we don't give a crap what you think if it violates the Constitution because we have guaranteed rights. That is why we went on the arguments whenever it comes up in a legitimate debate, which is why conveniently Democrats don't like to debate. So Republicans continue to get that message out, even if you get berated on mainstream media, because we will win in the realm of ideas and will expose the Biden administration for the crap they're spewing, saying that they've created some 10 million jobs, how the economy's not going into a recession, how social media and technology companies aren't laying off thousands of people all over the country. Keep telling yourself that, buddy. We'll talk some more about that tomorrow for the State of the Union. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is the Voice of Reason. Happy Monday to you. We'll see you on the radio.